Welcome back to Yes X or No Audio. It is quarters of nine in the morning on Wednesday the 10th of January 2024. And first of all, apologies, the background noise will be the sounds of a city rather than the birds being happy in the morning. This is a little thought on the comments from Alastair Crook to Judge Napolitano on Judging Freedom in the most recent episode. The two points I wish to comment upon, the first of which is that in an article which Crook has recently published, so says Napolitano, he makes the case that the uh, Western political leadership and their sort of establishment backers are trapped in an ideological vice of believing that uh, Europe and the West are somehow better than everybody else. And I think there's a truth in this. Uh, so, you know, good on him for pointing that out. However, it, it doesn't really explain the greater issue of what's actually going down at the moment. So, first of all, there's obviously a political uh, convenience uh, between the political leadership and the elements of the Mickey Mat, as uh, Ray McGovern has described, in that supporting the existing structure continues to support the, you know, the power and so there, of course, they've learnt that not only does the media uh, help support narratives uh, through various mechanisms, narratives can be created and they'll do this for you. So with this mechanism understood, the media is used to construct and create and support narratives for the various people that benefit from the narratives being constructed, those being you know, the military-industrial complex, which uh, Crook didn't mention at all, which is interesting, but also not just the arms manufacturers, the other elements of, of the uh, establishment elite, uh, you know, be they political or you know the think tank groups or whatever, as as laid out by um, by McGovern. So you know that's sort of understandable, um, and they are sort of trapped by what's going down now. On the one hand, they've got the disaster of Ukraine looming in front of them, and there's no way out of this. It's obvious that the conflict which they provoked has now gone horribly awry, with the exception that lots of money has been funded into the arms manufacturers. So that's great. And that'll continue because, as we just learned the, um, from the article at Antiwar, Britain has no arms stocks anymore. They're going to have to buy stuff, so that'll come largely from BAE Systems as one of their producers, but also the US people. It's the same collections, basically. So the appropriate people will financially benefit from it, but they're trapped in a narrative vice in that that's a disaster, and they're heading down an even worse one. And that's going to kick off on Thursday, um, whenever it is that the International uh, Court of Justice is going to hear the case submitted by the Republic of South Africa, and hats off to them. And Malaysia, uh, Jordan, Bolivia, and whoever the other country was to um, support their submission to the court. So that'll dominate the news for several days. And no doubt, weeks even, you know, the next big topic that's coming out. So that'll be fun to have a look at what's going on there. And that reeks of commentary on commentary. So look at how the media are going to try and spin this, because they will. So that'll be interesting. I mean, McGovern's point uh, in the other uh, just aired Judging Freedom show was, watch out, members of the court. They are going to be, you know, wiring you like you've never seen before. And he cites the case of... Uh, 2003, in which Catherine Gunn, uh, another awardee of 
the Veteran Intelligence Professionals for Sanity, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for publishing this document which said that the CIA <laughs> said to GCHQ, that's their British counterparts, you know, I can suck the crap out of all the wires, find out everything that's going down so they can work out a control uh, narrative and counter uh, positions against the US's push for the 2003 invasion of Iraq. So that's good advice from McGovern, that they should put their uh, cell phones in the fridge and leave them there. However, the other point that uh, Cook makes, which I thought was of interest, was that everybody's waiting for somebody else to act because no one wants to be blamed for precipitating the wider conflict that is waiting to occur. And on one hand, you can see where this goes because there's an awful lot of internecine, multi-linked animosity throughout the region between different people, particularly between the Shia and Sunni, which Russia and China managed to beautifully calm with the rapprochement between Iran and Saudi Arabia. Uh, and that, of course, freed up Syria from being you know, locked out of the Arab League and so forth. So Syria got welcomed back into the fold. That put a lot of pressure on the US. And right now, the US has just recently killed another leader of the popular mobilisation units, in um, Iraq, which is quite interesting on the on the Judging Freedom program, uh, Cook repeatedly uh, misnames Iraq as Ukraine. But anyway, he, he, he recovers that with a little prompt from Napolitano. So that's another leader of the PMU, which are an institutionalised part of the National Defence Forces of Iraq that have been assassinated by the US from a base in Iraq. Iraq, which they've been asked to leave by the Iraqi parliament. I mean, it's it's quite insane, actually. And this all harkens back to the assassination of Soleimani. And um, uh, Mohandas was his name, the, uh, the other leader of the PMU units that was killed in that same drone strike that killed Soleimani. So interesting things going on. But my supposition is that the smartest thing that everyone can do is absolutely nothing. And this is, comes back to that discussion of escalation management and uh, harkens back to the comment made last year by Ritter, which was that Nasrallah is an expert in escalation management because he's got a you know, somewhat hot-blooded um, population to manage, not the armed forces. The, the armed wing of Hezbollah are, I believe, very disciplined. Um, so... That escalation management control is going to be a great asset to Hezbollah and therefore the greater forces. So I think Iran and Hezbollah will cool their jets. They will understand that the best thing they can do is nothing and the same advice will be coming to them from Russia and China. It's a matter of make sure nobody does anything stupid. And this is not so much, I think, from the um, SEO slash BRICS block as a focus on not being blamed for setting off the conflagration. I think it's the other way around. It's the politically intelligent thing to do because Israel are going to shoot themselves in the foot again and again and again and again. And right now, their political leadership, as also uh, we were informed about 
by Crook, and then Napolitano repeats this uh, information to McGovern and Johnson, if I recall correctly, and asks them to comment on this divided political leadership in Israel. And the case he points out is that there's been a call for the IDF to investigate the political leadership, which Napolitano phrases as the DOD investigating the White House which would never be countenanced in the US. So it's a very fractured political leadership that's sitting in, in Israel. However, as Crook, uh, I think very accurately and sadly, <laughs> points out, the, the public pressure for the political leadership to continue the genocide is, is over, overwhelming. It's 90% or something. So the political leadership of Israel is in a serious bind and the point that Crook makes is that the natural thing for a political leadership to do in this position is to instigate some sort of aggression because it's a sort of a, uh, it's an escape valve. It's a, look, I'm doing something <laughs> rather than doing nothing. This horrible need to act problem. When in fact that's just going to make life worse for them. And that is why the rest of the world should do jack shit. They just wait for Israel to commit harikari because that's what's going to happen. So I don't think that the BRICS slash STO block are not acting out of fear that they'll get um, uh, ascribed the blame for setting off a conflagration. No, they're, they're doing nothing because that's the smartest thing to do. Very simple. The, other, the situation is the other way around. It's the US that is trying to prevent this thing going off because they realise the disaster that they're going to end up in. Well, they already are. This is the thing. The, the US is both ways, right? They're screwed both ways. So that's the... It's a fait complete, as far as I can see. If the SEO and uh, BRICS groups cool their jets and this points to something that... McGovern pointed out uh, on not the most recent but the previous interview with Napolitano and that was he fears a false flag because this is the thing that is most likely to happen and that is where serious escalation management control is going to be required by uh, the BRICS SEO groups. Right? They really have to be ready to pump out the identification of false flag operations. And the term is now sufficiently well known that you can get away with publicising this without being called some wacko conspiracy theorist, which thank God for all the work by the alternate media in making that the case. So that's the risk, as I see it. It's false flagging uh, a response. And Israel are good at this. They know how to do this shit. Luckily, everyone else is aware of that too. So that, as far as I can see, this is where the tension lies. It's identifying false flags, seeing them for what they are. So, for example, look at the assassination of, not the assassination, the murder of over 100 people in uh, Kerman, in Iran, on the fourth anniversary of the assassination of Soleimani. Now, the Western media have said that, oh, ISIS, the ISIS group, like who the, are they? put their hand up for this and the gut feel for Blumenthal was nah it'll be the MEK because they are essentially a wing of the Western military intelligence agencies right and this is known I mean 
people like the turtle, you know, Lindsey Graham and whatever, happily turn up to their events, MEKs that is, and, you know, pledge their support and all this sort of shit. So I reckon Numenthal's probably right that it was MEK that did this. The question is, you know, who, to which group do two idiotic uh, suicide bombers ascribe themselves, you know, in the effort to cause a conflagration? Right? So which, on which side of the fence are they going to sit? Obviously the Israeli side, because they're the people who benefit from this, if Iran uh, counters the attack. But I don't think that's going to happen. The question is how carefully can the non-Western groups guard against false flag attacks? So good analysis by Crook and an especially good identification of the big risk, as I see it, by McGovern. See ya. Until next time. Mm-hmm.